What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite lore cast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast universe of lore behind the Mass Effect games. We'll talk about all the details you may have missed, ask the hard questions, and more. Spectres, welcome back to the Mass Effect Lorecast. This is your host, Tom. Or robots? As usual, I'm here with my good buddy N7 the Legend. We had an awesome time last week with our patrons, but we are back to the lore. And this week we're talking about I think well I I this is one of my um one of my favorite things I think about Mass Effect biology. <laughs> well, there is biology. Oh, that's only part of biotics. Yes, it's as opposed to antibiotics. Antibiotics. Well, that's a very different thing. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, Sam? Well, How it's kind of funny. <laughs> I, I'm good. I'm good. But it, it is kind of funny that they named it biotics because it just biotic just means life. Right. 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 And so yeah. <laughs> but in Mass Effect, uh, it means blue space magic. <laughs> space magic. Blue space yeah. magic by really really fit attractive people. Doing Tai Chi poses. Yeah, doing Tai Chi jobs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, there is a reason behind that. They actually wrote that into the lore. Uh, besides it being cooler than someone just standing completely still and <laughs> or just like touching their heads, like thinking this. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A little Cyclops action. Hands on both yeah. sides yeah. of the head. Yeah. Yeah. All um, right. So so where are we going with this? Uh, <laughs> We've, yeah, we've already write. side railed this from the very beginning. <laughs> I just didn't write notes, so we're going to fucking wing it. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I did actually prepare for this episode, despite what my critics might say. Mm -hmm. And uh, so basically, why don't we start with discussing how people use biotics? That's a good way they, to start. And it's not by putting their hands on their heads. It is yeah. not. It's not through uh, X-Men mutant kind of powers either. Um, it, and I would not say that it's a superpower. The writers explained this in the lore, I think, the best way they could have. And as far as sci-fi explanations go for kind of space magic-y kind of things, I think this is a, a pretty good one. So in essence, it's the same principle that makes faster than light flight possible. It's running electric current through element zero, which creates mass effect fields. That's this. That's the principle at key, yeah. like at the heart of this. So I mean, it's still all tied into that same element zero mass effect particle thing, but it's just in biological creatures rather than through the technology of a spaceship or whatever. Exactly. So, so one might venture to guess that with how prolific this principle is in the game, that might be why they named it mass effect. Huh. It's oh kind of, I mean, it's, it's a, there's a few layers to that name, which is part of why it's so brilliant, 
right? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's massively effective. Yes. Uh, but as we know, people don't just carry around like backpacks full of element zero. Uh, I mean, and, and speak for yourself, but all right. <laughs> hey, get him. Everybody get him. He's <laughs> worth a lot of money then. Hey, uh, hey, don't kill the <laughs> carrier. I am patching in his address to everyone's Spotify, uh, and that, that, but that wouldn't work anyway uh, because the the electrical signals in biotics come from the user's own brain. Well, our brains do send electrical signals around using chemistry. Yes, that part is true. That part is not made up. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, the codex tells us that biotic people can manipulate the electricity going through their brain and specifically like pick pathways within their central nervous system to direct those electrical signals over top of element zero nodules that are residing on the nervous system wow okay so think of like think of like you know a nerve and it's you know it's basically a line and then there's a bump in the line where there's an ESO nodule right and if yeah. someone could deliberately direct the synapse to fire an electric signal over that nodule, sure. Well, it's the same thing you're doing when field. you when you think like I'm going to bend my finger. You're you're directing electric signals from your brain down to your finger, and then it's triggering those muscles to to contract. That's all. That's exactly. all you're doing. I mean, that's all you're doing. But it's it's as simply explained as that. So if you can direct electrical signals to a muscle to contract, you could do the same thing to a nodule in order to trigger some sort of space magic yes of course but like (laughs) in in mass effect just like in our own society you know people are taught to walk people are taught to play sports and use those muscles so they they very quickly you know as babies learn how to contract and squeeze their hand yeah but as we know uh and as we will learn here in this episode the biotic people are not as you know there wasn't the infrastructure in society built around telling them <laughs> how to move this with your mind signals. just move this with your mind just come on exactly. you can do it you can do it so wait does this mean that like every biotic has element zero like in their bodies like this is built into those little nodules according to the codex that's right uh they have actual deposits of ESO along their nervous system and as we know people become biotics because of in utero exposure to element zero that's how this happens and those who don't survive it are those who don't develop biotics they they develop fatal cancers they have birth defects they might die so not everyone who's exposed actually develops biotics and this would explain why not everyone can use biotics because not everyone has those element zero nodules on their central nervous system aside from the asari who for hmm. uh, a reason later explained in the games i think in thesia uh, on mass effect 3 uh, basically, the Protheans were tampering with their genetics and made sure that all of them were more primed to be able to use biotics. That's cool. That's cool. So, um, so how do people first find out that others are biotic? Well, it, it, right. That's a good question, especially for non-Asari races, because yeah. you know, in Asari, yeah. it's kind of assumed. I mean, that, that, that would be the one culture where it's it's built in, and you would train your child to like move that with right. your mind. You can do it. We can all do it, right? But for other races, this is this is a very different kind of thing. 
felt like I was going to sneeze there for a second, but <laughs> I, I'm just going to continue on. And if I blow out people's eardrums, then so be it. Uh, th so basically, those with the tendency exhibit this aptitude in childhood, naturally. Uh, and maybe it's by accident. But the lore tells us that there are exceptionally rare cases where even people who are not exposed in utero can develop the biotic abilities by young adulthood, quote, through additional exposure, okay. which sounds very ominous. It sounds like it comes with some very deadly risks. I feel like this is like uh, Cerberus injecting people with it, you know, at the age of like five in order to see if they could turn a non-biotic into a biotic. All right. That, that's what this kind of feels like. Yes. Yeah. And, and you're you're spot on with that. Um, there are certainly instances of Cerberus meddling, which we'll get into. Uh, but it, I think that they wrote this this kind of um, loophole so that they can create more dynamic characters later on. Yeah, um, yeah. It also creates an interesting dilemma in the story. You know, like you weren't born a biotic, but all of a sudden you develop these powers because we live on a colony that happens to have Ezo nearby and yada, yada, yada. And then you have the dilemma of people having to deal with that as well. Right. And and so the way so if it were just the Ezo nodules on their nervous system, then they wouldn't typically be able to produce mass effect fields strong enough to really do anything practical. Uh, so there are these things called biotic amplifiers <laughs> that people have implanted into themselves. And so for a long time before I realized, uh, I, I thought that every time in mass effect, they were talking about biotic amps that that was an implant and the implant itself had some element zero in it. And that's just how people could produce biotics, you know? Right. Um, but that's not how it works apparently, you know, and that makes more sense that someone would already have Ezo in their body. They just needed something to amplify the electric signals. Right. Um, it's the other part of the equation, the electricity, exactly. not the Ezo. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so the, the lore says, quote, once identified as having biotic ability, a person might be outfitted with a surgically implanted amplifier around the age of puberty. All right. Here you go. Head off to middle school and try not to make your friends float too high in the sky. <laughs> look, look, Billy, I know you have confusing feelings about Sally, but let me make you even more confused about your own capabilities. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. You know that bully that uh, was picking on you on the playground? I know you can fling them off the roof of the building whenever you want, but please don't do that. Look, Billy, I know that you're not straightening your hair in, in the bathroom over there. Just try not to rip it off, okay? <laughs> uh, so to, the, the amplifiers do exactly what you would expect. They increase the intensity of the current and the mass effect field created. Uh, and so to do that, people are surgically implanted with them. And these can allow people to synchronize the ESO nodules within their nervous system as well, leading to stronger powers. And these amps can also be highly specialized for different disciplines or traits. And that's because there's three forms of biotics. There's telekinesis, there's mass uh, effect or mass shifting fields. And then there's something that the lore describes as shredding. <laughs> shredding. That's what I do yes. on my guitar back there. <laughs> also applicable to skateboarding. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, man, that works for lots of things. If you so, yeah. if you're a biotic, you automatically are awesome at guitar and skateboarding. <laughs> this is like the '90s this in the, the future, <laughs> right? The trifecta of righteous. I mean, this totally feels like me in high school at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm a biotic and I didn't even know it. 
Uh, this, yeah, this has been confirmed on the Mass Effect lore cast that Tom is a biotic, <laughs> and he's just now at the Man. ripe young age of 28 finding out about his biotic abilities. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Wow. Um, that, yeah, that's how old I am. Mm-hmm. So, and speaking of humans, like we both are, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> speak for yourself, buddy. All right, go on. <laughs> uh, these amplifiers are, are usually implanted at the base of the skull on human beings. And interestingly, uh, this is just kind of a fun fact that I had learned while researching for this episode. Users have to keep that area where it was implanted clean. They have to keep it free of debris. Uh, which is funny because, yeah. like, you, you think they wear shower caps or something? I, yeah, I don't. Know. I mean, if it's underneath your skin, then like th- this debris on the like it's an electrical device, so maybe I, I don't know. I, I like it's not like it's a plug. It's not like it's in like it's no, not it's like it's the matrix. matrix, right? Or you just plug somebody in the back of their neck. It's actually underneath your skin. That's weird. Huh. Right, it's at the base of the skull, and the way that they describe it almost sounds like it goes kind of through the skull a little bit, so it can alter mm-hmm. the synapses. But yeah, but breaking yeah, the, the real quick, just one of these side notes. This is one of the things a lot of people don't know, but I happen to know because my wife is a scientist who does brain science. But breaking the blood-brain barrier, actually getting things into the nervous system in your brain is very difficult when it comes to like drugs and chemicals and stuff. So something like this, I would imagine actually physically goes from outside the skull through the skull into the brain, which that creates would make sense, which creates an opening, which you would need to make sure is kept clean because that's, that's the point. You're, that's the, the job of your skull and the, the other layers of stuff in there is to keep your brain separated from everything else because other stuff gets in your brain and you get messed up. Right. So yeah, maybe you forget math, <laughs> you forget math. You don't know. You don't know who you are anymore. Um, but maybe the fact that this creates a like it, it's it's like a weak point. Right. It's like a, a gap in your skull means that you should <laughs> keep it clean. Er? <laughs> I'm just imagining someone going up behind Caden and going boop. And he's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> ow. Hey, or all of a sudden, like it just turns on the effect somehow, and he just like yeah. blows a hole in the the wall next to him, and he's like, "Ah, don't do that." <laughs> yeah, so maybe they do have to use special shampoo or be very careful about how they whack their head. Um, yeah, yeah, that would be bad. And interestingly, the first ones of of these amplifiers that were created were made by Dr. Ellen Ryder, which is the Pathfinder. Mo- the Pathfinder from Andromeda, it's their mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the so, writer. Yeah. Yeah. So Dr. Ellen Ryder made the very first ones of those. Uh, so Caden can probably blame Dr. Ellen Ryder for his headaches. <laughs> <laughs> headaches. <laughs> yeah. Another reason why the original trilogy can blame Andromeda for things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but not all races actually have amplifiers, it seems. Uh, it appears as if some of them just rely on the drug red sand for, for amplification. Other mm. races, they still use red sand, even if they have an amplifier, because they just want to be that much more powerful. But given the races who, who do purely rely on the drug, like the Vorcha and some Batarians, I'd venture to guess it's because they come from cultures where those implant procedures and amps are not easy to afford. The supply is probably very low, especially for the Batarians who have cut themselves off from the galactic economy. Uh, and it's not 
I can't imagine that an impoverished government like the hegemony would be financially stable enough to want to invest resources into subsidized improvement right like the alliance does right yeah we're getting like um, we're getting in the, in the realm of cyberpunk here we're getting closer mm. to that like the haves who can afford this the have-nots who can't the people who use drugs to augment themselves instead like this is uh, this doesn't happen a lot with mass effect where it butts up against cyberpunk, it butts up against like Star Trek all the time and like those kinds of traditional sci-fis. But pushing against these cyberpunk ideas is kind of interesting here. So um, yeah, and it, it it did take a take a big cyberpunk turn in Mass Effect Two. Yeah, yeah, m- much more yeah. so, especially with the reconstruction of uh, um, Shepard Shepherd. and all, all of that stuff. All the body modification. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so okay, so. Let's talk about how 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 do people gain control over their nervous system? How do, how does that work? So that's another interesting point and one that the player has a personal connection to because of squad mates like Caden, Jack and Cora Harper. It's not an easy feat to gain control at all. And people go through years and years of this grueling training to learn how to develop the abilities into a useful enough level where they can do things, where they can pick up objects, propel objects, or or detonate objects, or shred them, you know. Virtually everyone has to work very hard to gain voluntary control of biotics. Except for Asari. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because right. Asari have this natural innate ability. They are the, the Bretons of Mass Effect, right? <laughs> yeah. Or the high, the high Elves, rather. Sure, um, sure. Both of those are very magically prone. But yes, yes. At, and they're also very uppity, both of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you can do things with your mind. Um, this is, yeah, this is confirmed. Asari are the High Elves of Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, thanks to Prothean meddling in their genetic evolution. So, uh, And you remember I mentioned the Tai Chi moves earlier? Well, mm-hmm. there is a purpose for that. The reason why all it of looks these biotics, cool? it looks dope, and I'm sure that the art development uh, was created before the writing behind it was. Sure, sure. Because, you know, they're doing all these kung fu moves and things like that, and they're having cool space magic come out of the, their hands and in their, their auras of their body. Um, but the writing and the lore tells us that the reason why they're, they're doing that is because that's, what, that's how they practiced when they were learning mm-hmm. how to control their nervous system. It was... Sense the law of association you know what i mean they were and they were contracting and expanding some muscles while trying to divert impulses down pathways in their brain right and right once they learned how to do that with that physical association when they do the physical movement it triggers the synapse in their brain again right it's in i would even imagine oftentimes you're actually aiming these things at things so to put your hands toward the thing you want it to affect helps redirect all of your thought in that same direction right so it like there's the coordination through your nervous system to the muscles but then also to activating these things and then the the memory of of reenacting it over and over and over again just like practicing anything it's all about just it, so this is one of the things you learn as a musician like when you when you're learning how to play guitar or something like that you're actually going over and over the same movements in order to refine and build more pathways of neurons through your brain <laughs> and then all then actually down to your fingers or whatever. So by doing that over and over again, it makes sense that you would also reinforce the pathways to these nodes, these ESO nodes, which would then trigger more strongly the more you do this. And it, that, that's also why it's hard to unlearn bad habits. 
once yeah. you've learned them. Yeah. Um, I mean, in the same, or so. even thought processes. Like if you have certain thought patterns, if every time you see a certain thing and then you have a positive or negative association with that thing, it's because the thought processes in your brain itself, not even out to your body, but just within your brain have been reinforced with time. It's also why people who are older are more curmudgeonly and difficult to get to change their opinions about things. It's because they like in their heads have built a stronger foundation of pathways where they are just simply triggering that same pathway over and over and over again. They may not even know why they believe what they believe or why they do what they do. It's just built into their brains itself on a physical level, which is crazy to think about. It is. And and this also uh, kind of uh, reminds me of state dependency theory, which the easiest way to tell people what state dependency theory is, if you don't know about it, is do you remember in, in, in grade school when teachers would say, I want you all to sit in the same seats every day? Sure. Yeah. Well, it, it turns out that I, I love you know, to it, pick I love to pick the other seats. I, I would do this and, in college. I would like purposely sit in a different seat every every class. And then somebody would get pissed off. And I was like, why does it matter? Right. Well, right. of course, it helps the teacher remember your name. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, but there's also a, a dual purpose to it, which is that when you learn something in a physical, like geographical space mm-hmm. and a, in, a, in a certain state, you recall what you have learned better when you are in that state. Right, right. Yeah. And this would drive people nuts. They were just like, oh, but that's my seat. And I'm like, but you don't know why you want to sit there. But it's just I just always sat there. Well, that's not a very good reason. <laughs> like that doesn't. Yeah, exactly. It's not you didn't own the seat. Right. I'm yeah. such a jerk. All right. Well, <laughs> anything else or should we move on to the mid break? Uh, you know, I think we're ready to move on to the mid break. When we get past the mid break, we're going to talk a little bit about the history and the, uh, you know, less of the how and more of the why. Awesome. Well, let's go thank our patrons. We'll be right back. I am so excited about our sponsor this week, Marvel Strike Force. I freaking love Marvel Comics. Growing up, I collected comics and the trading cards, and I've seen pretty much every Marvel movie they've made so far. So if you're into Marvel like I am, go check out Marvel Strike Force. This is a mobile squad RPG. You can collect and unlock all the different heroes. You fight against supervillains. There's a campaign. There's a blitz mode. There's an arena. There's a constantly evolving meta. And right now they're celebrating the Deadpool anniversary event. This is a mission from Strike where you log in the first time and you unlock this generous gift containing character shards, an anniversary diamond orb gear a bunch of other items it is absolutely the right time to jump in and try this game out click the link in the show notes to download it now and then use the promo code maxpool m-a-x-p-o-o-l maxpool don't miss out on all the free stuff and thanks again to marvel strike force for sponsoring this episode message coming in patching it through i am sovereign and this station is mine i like the sound of that so this is the part of the show where we get to thank our patrons because they're so freaking awesome. We've got two new patrons this week. We have Kylie, simply Kylie, and uh, Anthony or Flary. That's the full name. I'm not sure if it's one or both of these people or if they're all the same person. And or is a descriptor. I, I don't know how your name works, An- 
Anthony or Flary, but thank you for signing up. We really appreciate you guys supporting us. And that brings the total up to 61 current patrons with a bunch of Shepherd tier patrons, Kolkashins, Captain Shanko, Kira C, Lieutenant Tosino, Shep Valkyrian, and William. Thank you to all of you guys. You get shout outs every week for being our Shepherd tier patrons. And if you're interested in supporting us, you don't have to wait. This is another one of those things I noticed that people do with our Patreon and the other shows that I do is that they will often wait till they're caught up to the most recent episode and then they'll sub. And I get, I get why that makes sense. But if you want ad free episodes and you're trying to catch up on everything, you don't want to listen through ads for dozens and dozens of episodes, then go ahead and sign up early. Or if you want to join us on the monthly patron chat, you don't have to have listened to all the other monthly patron chats. You don't have to have already listened to all the lore episodes. Feel free to just jump right in. There's no need to have to do all of that in order to to join us. So we'd love to get to meet you. We get to know you a little bit better. So go check that out at patreon.com slash Mass Effect Lorecast. And another thing you can do is leave us a rating or a review and if you go to apple podcasts and leave a five-star rating with a review we'll read it out on a future episode of the show i don't have any new ones showing up in my little app so next one put one in gets it right out on the next episode so go go do that and then you can leave us some ratings on spotify if you listen on there as well lots of different ways to help us out because all of it helps all of it is is super helpful in getting people to realize that this show is worth listening to and getting it out to a bigger audience so we really do appreciate you guys taking the time to do all of that um also one last thing this is exciting sam we've been we've been closing in for the last few months on getting to that 1000 subs on our youtube channel 21 subs away yeah wow only 21 and i think i think for anyone who's listening to this live or after the fact, if you haven't subbed, you know, it doesn't cost anything to sub on YouTube. Nope. Um, nope. And if you like our content anyway, I, you know, please, please, please go do it because it will help us make the money that, frankly, YouTube should be paying us anyway. Yeah, uh, right. Like the more that YouTube develops their ad program, the more they are likely to plug in ads on channels that don't even have the ability to make money off of ads yet. And you still get kind of only about 55% of the ad revenue or something like 45 or something like that. It's almost half. Um, So YouTube still keeps a lot of the money, but I mean, think about it. You're the creator, you're making the video, they're bargaining for the ads and plugging them in and they've got the platform. So there's a split there, but it would be, it sure would be nice to just get a little bit more of a you know, a cut of what's already going on out there. So that would help us out a ton. Plus, I think you're going to like seeing our beautiful faces. So uh, go, go check out the YouTube channel. Just search Mass Effect Lorecast on YouTube. It'll come right up. But um, all right, <laughs> that's that's it for the mid show. Let's go on with the rest of this biotic conversation. Here we go. Spit it out. Or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. All right. So back to biotics and let's let's back up a little bit we talked about the asari a, a bit and obviously they're going to come up a lot in this episode um so if the asari all have a natural affinity for biotics how did the first humans get it like we understand how they are set up right that it's all explained but what about humans how did anybody even know 
So it, it started as a series of starship accidents in the 2150s that scattered element zero particles over cities, uh, one of them including a very famous one in Singapore. Uh, that's not a fictional colony that I'm referring to the real city on Earth. Uh, and several years later, the Alliance meets the Citadel Council and then learns, oh my gosh, when people are exposed to Ezo and Utero, they can develop these biotic abilities. So the Alliance goes and, you know, takes that information back to Earth and its colonies. And around the same time, a research firm is created by the name of Kinetics Industries. And if you're listening to this and you're wondering why you know that name and why it makes you feel uneasy, well, you'll soon see why. This company was tasked with tracking down humans with biotic capabilities and then developing implants for them. Uh, so here's a little bit from the Codex about Kinetics. Uh, kinetics relied on accidental element zero exposures originally uh, for their studies, but soon they began running out of, running out of first generation subjects. And as is the way with any contractor with a government, if you want to keep the contract, you got to keep the, the results coming in, right? Mm -hmm. So later rumors circulated that Kinetics ha may have taken a more, quote, proactive attitude to ESO exposures after that, given their surprisingly quick detection of later biotics around 2163. This was especially odd since accidentals had initially been difficult to track down. Also, they just got better at it. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. This isn't shady at all. Yeah, definitely not worthy of an audit. Uh, <laughs> and and so here, here's, here's the rub. I thought I remembered that there was another reference to Ezo accidents somewhere else in Mass Effect. And being the uh, journalist by trade that I am, uh, I, I believe that things are rarely an accident. And when, yeah. even when they are, they have consequences. Um, so... I thought I remembered another reference to Ezo accidents somewhere else in Mass Effect, and it turns out I was right. 20 years later, on the planet Yandoa, an Eldfell Ashland energy ship blew up and threw dust form Ezo over the colony below it. We actually talked about this before. Um, I think it was like episode 27 when we were talking wow. about Cerberus. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't remember any number in what it coincides with. That's amazing. Um, so, yeah, it was the first Cerberus episode. That's why I remember. And uh, we were talking about this, and kids were born with all these deep birth defects, and then sometimes they died. And some of them, though, mm -hmm. were born with biotic abilities. And we know this from the novel Mass Effect Ascension that this wasn't an accident at all. And it was actually carried out by Cerberus, a Cerberus operative named Paul Grayson. They were trying to make more biotics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember this now. Yeah. And so that was 20 years later. And, 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 you know, and then that one is followed up by two similar, quote, accidents in other colonies in the months uh, following it. So you pair these two things up and you, you, you start to draw connections, right? And you have to keep in mind that the elusive man founded Cerberus immediately following his experience in the first contact war, which was 2157. Mm -hmm. And then it didn't grow too much until the 2170s. But again, we were just talking about Kinetics. Kinetics was around until about 2169. 
Okay. So this took a bit of connecting the dots for me, diving into different articles and referencing several different sources. But the lore tells us that the company suspected of manufacturing accidents, kinetics, to expose humans in utero to biotics for their own study shuts down around 2169. And then one year later, a similar accident happens above a different human colony, this time by Cerberus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You think the elusive man didn't scalp any of those Kinetic scientists leaving? Yeah, I think Tim uh, was up to something. I love, I love that. I love that. It's just Tim in Tim. our show notes. <laughs> um, yes, I yeah. abbreviated Tim. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I just wanted to call him Tim. Tim of the Enchanter. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that totally makes sense. In fact, this is very similar to, say, like the U.S. with their uh, interest in nuclear power taking individuals from after World War II from Germany and bringing them over to the U.S. and just basically taking their scientists and saying, okay, you work for us now. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I bet it didn't take that much coaxing if that is what happened with the elusive man, because this was a company that was very clearly believing that the ends justify the means when it comes to advancement of humanity. Absolutely. In fact, he probably saw them doing this and went brilliant idea. Why didn't I think of that? Exactly. So mm -hmm. it, their mission statements very clearly aligned anyway. And I wouldn't be surprised if we learn in a future Mass Effect that, oh, the elusive man actually briefly worked for Kinetics. Right. You know, um, right. so it, it just wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, and given what we know about some other corporations in Mass Effect being mere fronts for Cerberus and how meddlesome uh, Cerberus we, we know can be with operatives penetrating virtually every human center of power. I think it's a safe bet that either before they're shut down or shortly afterward, the elusive man had direct contact with Kinetics executives mm -hmm. and said, hey, we know that uh, that camp that you were leaving for biotics didn't go so well. We know you're out of a contract. Why don't we make a deal? Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw more of this get like put together in the future, you know? So, definitely. Okay. So, you said biotics are either born or not, and it sounds like they don't have an easy life. They don't. Um, Asari biotics, maybe, maybe they do. Uh, easier relatively, but not human ones. And this next part, you know, uh, we're going to dissect a lot of what we know about biotics, but but a fair disclaimer, most of what we learn in Mass Effect is through the human lens, especially when it comes to biotics. Mm -hmm. So you remember humans need to have this in utero exposure. Well, only one in 10 infants will actually develop the talents strong enough to be trained and sometimes the abilities can atrophy or maybe they just fade away if uh, as the kid grows up and after they hit puberty, they get the implant, they go off to training, which for humans was primarily done through kinetics. Of course, at least in the beginning, kinetics forms this camp called colloquially called brain camp, but its actual <laughs> name is biotic acclimation and temperance training. And it's a program at jump zero, a pl uh, space station on the fringe of, of, um, the solar system. Mom, can I go to brain camp this year? <laughs> it reminds me of space camp, you know? Uh -huh. um, Do you think they have yeah, like a I salute your shorts little song they sing? Remember that show? Yeah, Are you old enough to have seen salute your shorts? I don't think I so. I don't think you it? were. I think that was like late 80s. It was one of those oh, like yeah. Nickelodeon TV shows where they were like at a camp and of course wackiness happens and the acting is so bad. Even as a kid, I was like, oh my God, this show is terrible. But I still watched it. 
Yeah, Camp Anawana. See, two girls knows. Two girls. I, I need to. Uh, I need to watch this. Uh, Go look it up on YouTube. You'll be like, this is this is the worst. This is the worst. I think thing. SNL has done a number of skits about that. Probably. Uh, probably. Yeah. yeah. Everybody loved that show, but the acting is just really, really bad. It's a bunch of kid actors, you know. Anyway, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so they go to Brain Camp. Okay, Brain Camp. They go to Brain Camp. They go mm-hmm. the acronym. If you ever see in Mass Effect, you ever see the acronym B A lowercase A capital T. It, it means this biotic acclimation and temperance training. And this is the exact training that Caden's talking about when we meet him in Mass Effect 1, where he killed his instructor. Uh, and the reason is because it was a terrible place to be. Right. Uh, and, giving, to a, and giving teenagers biotic abilities is dangerous. But yeah. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Um, and it was meant to evaluate biotics abilities and effectively turned into a recruiting camp for the Alliance, though. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty fucked up. <laughs> Most biotics who were sent there were teenagers who were separated from their parents. And their parents were told, this is for everyone's own good because your kids are dangerous. This is like Professor X's school for the gifted, except not as, like, not as nice. Not as It's dark. It's like a dark version of that, right? Definitely. And, and as Kay, as Caden tells us, their teaching staff wasn't the best. And they basically didn't know how to evaluate biotics because it was still brand new to humanity. So I can only imagine the people in the teaching positions were like, what the hell am I doing here? I don't even know. What am I looking at? Right, right. And Sophia, <laughs> Sophia in chat says, except run by Magneto. Yeah, it's like if Magneto and the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants were your professors instead of the X-Men. Right. But they're also incompetent because they don't know what they're looking at. <laughs> On top of um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, imagine that humanity's just finding out about biotics and doesn't actually know enough yet to, to, to judge or evaluate or guide or yada, yada, yada. So quickly they realize we need more skilled instructors, but Kinetics is incredibly proud and they don't want to go to the Citadel Council who humanity has just met and say, can we use some of your instructors? Mm-hmm. Because they want to. They don't want to look weak. They want to look like they got all their shit together, when in reality, they don't. Um, so they decide instead to hire Turian mercenaries. Perfect. Let's take mercenaries and put them in a space station camp with teenager orphans. With a bunch <laughs> of kids who are desperate and lonely. Oh, God. This is a, this is a great recipe. I think this is going to work out great who were trying to to find out who they were anyway by by nature of them being a teenager mm-hmm. let alone being a biotic so they're already told they're dangerous and they're distrusted right right so, right yeah what what could go wrong well what does go wrong is commander vernus is is uh <laughs> He's thrown into oblivion with a biotic kick from Caden. Um, but <laughs> yes. surprise, that that wasn't unwarranted, though, uh, because it turns out that the instructors, the Turian mercenaries, are incredibly abusive. What? Mercenaries? Not good with kids? Prone to anger? <laughs> well, how, who would have guessed? Commander Vernus uses hunger and thirst as what he calls incentives. So he's literally starving the students. This is this is torture at this point. Yes, it's yeah. torture. And yeah. you're torturing people who don't know how powerful powerful they right. are and they're still trying to work it out. So he got what was coming to him. Um, but after all that, after all of that, you know, they grow up, biotics are entering society, you know, whether it be in the Alliance or some other, I don't know, I can think of industrial applications, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But they're... 
they're entering a society that largely doesn't accept them and discriminates against them and views them negatively. Uh, and it's not just humanity, it's other races too. Pretty much every other race in Mass Effect treats biotics with a high level of suspicion and discrimination besides the Asari. I mean, it uh, makes sense. It's, I mean, it, yes. it, we keep drawing these connections to the X-Men. When you have a group of people who have an ability that makes them more powerful and potentially dangerous to everyone else around them, then they're a threat. Then they're, they're scary and they're also a minority. So the only thing yes. you have over them is numbers, is social pressure, is things like that. So yeah. it, it creates it creates a different kind of human. Like this is, I mean, in X-Men terms, this would be an evolutionary jump. Yeah. And it's the same sociological principle behind why, if you remember back in, you know, grade school, oftentimes the smartest kid in the class was not well liked. Right. Right. Yeah. I remember. I remember. Like, <laughs> I remember being I, the smartest kid in the class. Everybody no, hated no, no, me. No, I, no, no, no. I, I remember in, in elementary school, like those kids were like purged like bad organs. <laughs> right. Well, there's a reason why you would put like kids in gifted programs and things like that. So they had the opportunity of being around them. But also they, they have different learning needs, too. That is very much a thing as well. Yes. Um, if they're not challenged, then they tune out. It's it's a, it, it is as much of a benefit as is, is a drawback in certain ways. Um, so anyway, yeah, because then they're thing. segregated. Um, yeah. But it's it's applicable. It's applicable to biotics here because so the codex says, unfortunately, human biotics also face suspicion and persecution, beginning with the popular misconception that they can read and control minds. Mm -hmm. Biotics symbolize the dehumanization of mankind to people philosophically or religiously opposed to gene modification and cybernetics. Militaries are the only organizations that always welcome biotics offering Offering them huge recruitment incentives, which makes sense for why there's so many in the military. Um, but th this also plays into the whole thing. And this is one of those things we talked about this before. These games were written over a decade ago, and yet they already understood what we were just beginning to experience with the proliferation of the internet and all of that stuff. That misinformation would be rampant. Yes. Yep. They. They. I mean, they predicted it uh, down to a T, and maybe that's because you know it's new names, new proper nouns, but not but an old problem. Yeah. Um, I mean, since when haven't people told lies about other people that they dislike and are afraid of? I mean, that's, oh yeah. that's human nature. R rumors across the cafeteria spread much faster. Um, <laughs> and it, well, I don't want to get it. It's a. It's a. It's a not a pet peeve. It's somewhere between a pet peeve and a passion of mine to, to kind of dispel misinformation. But mm -hmm. remember those missions with the biotic cultists, uh, Major Kyle, Chairman Burns. They were these side missions in Mass Effect 1 that if you're really itching to just play the story, then you might you might uh, breeze right through. Sure. Well, if they both end in bloodbaths, and of course it's up to the player how they end, um, peaceful or not. If they both end in bloodbaths, then anti-biotic sentiment reaches the point where governments seek to demand the registration of humans who are biotic. Wonderful. Wonderful. Just like X-Men, right? Just like I mean, this is they're, they're, they're using the same playbook. This playbook yeah. was written for them in the 70s and 80s, and they're just like, <laughs> all right, we can do that, too. Yeah, pretty much. But it makes sense, right? I mean, like, yeah. oh, these people are dangerous, blah, blah, blah. We better blah. know who they and, are and where they are, and be, we need to be able to track them. Yeah. Also played out with, uh, I think, the Avengers. The right? Avengers, the MCU yeah. movies, yeah. We're, we're similar yeah. about that, yeah. 
Yeah. So there's also, you know, some disapproval from religious organizations because of the required body modification. I mean, I can predict this. This isn't hard to predict. Like Absolutely. I know very orthodox religious people yeah. who would be like, that's not natural. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's lots of things that are not natural that those organizations also do and they don't have any problem with, but Right. When is like, when is logical consistency? Something man. I'm now this now I'm on my soapbox. I'm not anti all religions. I'm anti inconsistency with rational, like rational arguments. That's right. what I'm saying. Is and go believe whatever you want to believe, but do it do so consistently, please. And don't push yeah. it on other people. Anyway, off my soapbox. Go on. Which, yeah, like, you know, if if humans were meant to fly, we'd have wings, says the person that, you know, doesn't ride an airplane. Okay, um, whatever. I'll, I'll take my flight somewhere. But right. and the, anyway, the lore tells us that a few biotics have been the victims of angry mobs. So it is a bit like the mutants in X-Men. Um, which totally wasn't an allegory for race relations at all. No, ab- yeah, right. It absolutely, and for anybody who doesn't know, it absolutely was. And it was written in the 70s for a reason, because they had just gone through the 60s, and the 70s was still a hotbed with racial issues. Um, yeah. Yeah. That being said, I do have some facts about biotics that are a little bit more lighthearted and more fun. All right. For example, did you know that there, that, like sentient beings aren't the only ones that can use biotics wait so we have like biotic turtles not turtles but there's a species of of primate that is colloquially called the asari chimpanzee oh my god and and it can use biotics it's called the manal uh and it's on thesia in fact thesia has so much element zero that there's other animals that can use biotics too Oh my God. Can you imagine if your dog or your cat had biotic powers? That's terrifying. Yeah. And then you're like, no, 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 you can't have any more treats. But then you put the treats away and then they just like float the treats off the counter to themselves. And you're like, come on. Can you imagine an animal with separation anxiety and biotics? Yeah. Yeah. They just blow the door open. Like, let me in the room. The whole damn room down. Yeah. Yeah. Or what if they only had biotic powers, like, similar to their own physical size or their own size of, like, because they they don't have, you're not, hopefully, you're not putting uh, amps in the back of their brains, right? So they should be, like, at least on a minor level. But, like, what if your dog gets angry at you and just decides to just throw the ball really hard (laughs) right back at you? A little passion from your dog. Yeah. Yeah. Play with me. Like, you're sitting there watching TV and all of a sudden you get a tennis ball on the side of the head and you're like, ah. Oh, yeah, oh. side of the head. All right. Speeds faster than light. All right. We'll go um, to the park. Right. <laughs> God damn spike. Um, <laughs> right. But yeah. yeah um, they put you in stasis to jump, jump and chat. They put you in, st- in stasis until you agree to give them more food in their bowl. <laughs> yeah. No, come on, Fluffy. I need to get to work. Um, yeah, so so that's pretty funny as well. There are uh, you know non sentient beings in the Mass Effect universe who can use biotics, also including uh, Jack's Varen. Jack adopts a Varen uh-huh. who is naturally biotic and was rejected because of that. So it was like an orphaned Varen. That's awesome. Uh, and you know Jack sees some of her herself in the Varen, I'm sure. Um, but there's also another interesting fact: biotics in the Alliance are prescribed about like 50% more calories in their rations per day than normal 
people are. Wow. And that's because biotics need more food than normal people. They expend more energy mm-hmm. just using the biotics and then like, you know, consciously taking control over their central nervous system. I don't remember so. what the actual percentage is, but the percent like if you if you just sit around, if you're dormant for a day, you don't go for a run, you don't work out, you just kind of sit around the couch. Let's say it's a weekend. The percentage of uh, calories that your brain burns just doing nothing, just watching TV compared to the rest of your body is actually surprisingly higher than you would expect. I don't remember what the number is, but really? Yeah. Yeah. They, they, that would explain why I'm like, getting fatter. <laughs> <laughs> but even, but here's the other thing that's interesting is thinking harder about things doesn't ex- actually expend more calories on any significant, by any significant amount that your brain actually consumes. The fact that your brain is just doing things subconsciously and running in the background is the majority of your brain caloric usage or something. Wouldn't it be nice if we had VIs in our brain, we could open up task manager and just (laughs) (laughs) clear out the background processes. Right. Oh God, I had that dream again. Delete, delete. Okay. Back to bed. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, the lore tells us that that biotics uh, and when they produce mass effect fields, it takes a toll on the metabolism, uh, and they develop ravenous appetites. So, hmm. very active biotics you could expect to see with like five plates at the buffet. Yeah, but uh, it's also easier to lose weight then. I would imagine so. That's I mean, awesome. I didn't really see any overweight biotics in Mass yeah. Effect. I mean, I would I would expect that many of them don't understand that they have such such a higher. I mean, they're probably just hungry, but they don't understand that the caloric intake is potentially double that of yeah. a regular person, right? Like, whew. yeah, and, and the and the Alliance has a general issued uh, potent energy drink for biotics uh so i'm imagining like like gatorade on steroids so that they can replenish those electrolytes during combat it's probably just mountain dew like just sugar and mountain dew there's enough calories in there you drink a few of those their rations are doritos yeah doritos and mountain dew yeah (laughs) they're just they're just the hardcore gamers of the mass effect uh universe (laughs) yep Yep. and you know how we talked about the science behind mass effect fields and starships Mm-hmm. how they build up all this electricity from the process and then eventually they need to drop grounding uh, in planet's atmosphere and discharge the electricity. Well, the same goes for biotics uh, on a much smaller scale. So sometimes <laughs> when they sometimes when they touch metal, they create static shock. This is totally what all of the middle school kids are doing when they first get their little amps impl- plugged in and they go and they go to brain camp. Because they're not they're not allowed to use your biotics while you're doing lessons in the in the whatever in the in the room. So they're like like thinking real hard and like charging up their electricity. And then they're just like tapping on the guy next to them going (laughs) like shocking him. (laughs) (laughs) That static shock would probably hurt a lot more (laughs) than a normal static shock. You stop someone's heart that way if you touch in the right Mm. place. Mm. Um, What's the what? We're getting to the end of this. What's the worst shock you've ever had? Have you have you accidentally like touched a plug while inserting it somewhere or anything like that? Honestly, no. Oh yes, I had forgotten until you said that. Mm -hmm. I was a kid. I think I was like five years old. Mm -hmm. My mom warned me when she was vacuuming. She saw me staring at the outlet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My mom warned me, "Don't don't mess with that because you will get shocked." Yeah, yeah. Being the five year old that I was. I have a similar memory from being a kid and I, I might have been around five, six years old 
and I think we were moving the like we were rearranging my parents always rearrange the furniture like every year they're like let's put the TV over here and the couch over here this, it's just something they do and I think I was helping and so my dad was like go unplug the TV nope just bam ow and like shocked but that's not the worst one I remember here's another one I was in high school and did you know would you imagine if, if you have objects running top, on top of other objects through a loop that it creates an electric current, right? This would make sense. Think of what's one of the biggest giant metallic loops you can think of. A roller coaster. My buddies and I were at Bush Gardens and we got split up and my, my best friend James gets on the coaster in front and I'm still waiting at the gate. And for no reason at all, he's like heading off and I'm waiting to get on the next ride. And I reach out and we give each other a high five as it, as it goes by. And the coaster was barely moving and boom, like I felt it in my brain. <laughs> like, like I almost, it almost knocked me out. And then he, we got off the ride and I looked at him and I was like, did you get shocked too? And he's like, yeah, dude, <laughs> that was the worst roller coaster ride ever. <laughs> I had a headache for the rest of the day. That's insane. Yeah, I, I just, I just rapidly plugged in and unplugged the vacuum, <laughs> and then my, 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 my fingers slipped over the the rubber stopper, uh-huh. and I touched the metal. Yeah. And I remember feeling the shock go through my body, and I was like, "Oh, holy yeah. crap!" Because you can't right, let go no. immediately. You like you clamp down on it, and you're like, "Ah!" Right. <laughs> yeah. I remember it's like, "Okay, I've had enough of that. I know. I now know why." she told me not to touch that <laughs> yeah yeah so all right well if you're biotic don't go poking other people because you're gonna you're gonna shock them um this is an awesome episode what are we what are we doing coming up well we've um i i've seen a lot of comments on our youtube videos and in the discord and other places about how much people want us to cover the other side of the human squad mate from the get-go being Caden. Mm-hmm. And since we talked about guns before we talked about Ashley, well, now we've talked guns? about biotics. Like these? Oh yeah, those guns. Like That's a real big one too. Look how big my arm is. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've talked about biotics, I think it's appropriate we can talk about Caden now. So mm-hmm. the next episode, we will dive into Caden. Makes sense. All right, looking forward to it. That sounds awesome. You got anything else going on? I know your schedule's kind of moved around a little bit, but... You're still streaming? Yes, um, I am still streaming. I'm still trying to stream Dragon Age, although it hasn't wanted to cooperate with my Streamlabs for some reason. Like that sucks. The game capture just doesn't show up. I don't. I don't know what. Try, the, have you tried Window Capture? Is. Yeah, I've tried, tried all the different kinds of captures. Display capture. Sometimes you have to go it, all the way down it, to that. It, it's it's weird because like the cursor shows up in Dragon Age style, but nothing else does. Weird. Uh, so. I got to fix that, but normally those are on Thursdays, and on Saturdays I'm doing Sassy Shepherd. So I'm nearing the very end of my first Femship playthrough. I have finished Thessia. I'm on Horizon now, and then after that we got you know the Cerberus headquarters, and the rest is history. So if you want to catch the endings to my Sassy Shepherd my very first Fimshep playthrough, then you can find me on Twitch at In7TheLegend, or if you care to listen to all of my gaming and non-gaming related rants, I'm on Twitter at In7TheLegend as well. 
Awesome, awesome. Yeah, and I'm I'm do, doing giveaways. We've got uh, Bethesda stuff because they were reached out to me because of the Fallout lore cast and the fact that this month is the 25th anniversary for Fallout. 25 years ago, the first Fallout game came out, and um, we love we love all RPGs. I love all RPGs, and so they're they're being super awesome with the community. They've reached out to a lot of different creators. They're giving away lots of different stuff through us. They're like, here here's stuff. Give it out to your your audiences. Let people have things. So we have I have still two one hundred dollar gift cards to the Bethesda store. So you buy like t-shirts or little you know figures or whatever, and uh, some some other some lithographs and and some other stuff. So. I'm giving those away during my live streams, which aren't podcasts. So I know some of you guys here are, are like, well, why don't you give one away now? Nope, that's not how the way it works. Come hang out with me during games. So that's Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays in the afternoons, usually afternoon time around 2, 3 p.m. Eastern, which is a little bit earlier Pacific. And I've been playing all sorts of different stuff. Just doing lots of weird stuff in VR. Uh, the other day I was playing guitar and recording music and the community was awesome. You guys were, were so fun. Like, hey, why don't you try this? Why don't you try this? It's been a lot of fun. So come hang out with me and I'll be giving away just kind of random stuff at random times to random people in the stream. So come hang out with for that stuff. Also, uh, all of the shows on robotsradio.net. That's where you can go get them. All of my shows, all the other shows on the network by all of our wonderful creators. Go check that out. I'm sure there's at least one or two more. And there's we have multiple Mass Effect shows out there. Um, go check that stuff out. All right, guys, you've been awesome. Thank you for being here, chat. We're going to head out. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you all later. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at MassEffectLorecast at gmail.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.